You think? Mm-hmm. Rolo Tony Brown Town. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where there's change in the air. Either that or Reedy chased his enchiladas with coffee again. This yeah. is the South Stands Denver Fancast. Yeah. I'm Colin Daniels with producer Scott Stafford. <laughs> Once a promising sports analyst, now a run-of-the-mill workaday boring civilian. You call him Honey Bear. We call him Zach Bar. Thanks, guys. And you host John Reedy. Wow. Thank you. Sick again, oh. another cold, and uh, trying to trying to work through it. So Excuses I'll be already. I'll be has exactly. I gotta I gotta set, I, I, I gotta, I gotta throw that out there first, so I can I can lower expectations for for my performance tonight. But your performance is gonna be fantastic, fellas, on the South Stands Denver Fancast. Welcome aboard once again, and once again, it's great to have Zach Fogg here. And it's been a while. You've you've got, you've come through the to the other side. How does it feel to be? Uh, it's been a while since you've been involved with, you know, actually talking on a on a microphone on the radio. So, uh, what do you think? You yeah, think uh, you missed it? First microphone I've been in front of in over a year now. But uh, yeah, I missed that part a little bit. But honestly, by the end of my run in radio, that was such a small part of what I was actually doing with my time and. More than anything, masturbating a much larger <laughs> portion of the time. Yes. Absolutely, among other things. But uh, it, it just wasn't a big enough part of my time for me to be enjoying it anymore. And coming back to it now in this capacity, I think it's going to be a much better fit. Well, and you're you're going to uh, come back to it in the capacity of talking a little hockey. Why don't you tell everybody about what you got uh, coming up? Uh, just just announced today, I believe, correct? Well, I just heard about it today. Oh, I, I, well, I, I discussed it before that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast with J.J. Jerez, formerly of a different network now, of 5280 Sports Network. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of hockey, a little bit of avalanche hockey. And so look for that coming up soon. Don't have any details, now, many details on it yet. But. Now, Zach, I, I know you know a lot about hockey, and you're you're very knowledgeable. And we're gonna talk we're gonna talk some hockey here too. But is it is it the right time to start an avalanche podcast? <laughs> that's really the, that's really the question that I have. Uh, is it ever? <laughs> is it ever <laughs> the right there time to start time an avalanche podcast here in Denver? I, it seems to me like unless you're talking about the Broncos, you know, you might as well not bother but that's exactly the point of the podcast i don't actually need anybody to listen to it sure i'm doing this for fun i'm doing this for enjoyment i'm doing this to get my opinions out there there's going to be people that listen to this because the fine people at 5280 sports network but that's that's all for well there's gonna gonna be people who listen to it because (laughs) because hockey fans are nerds and they love the internet they they do and uh it, it, but it can be an NHL thing, too, because obviously the Avalanche aren't going any further uh, beyond their regular season schedule. The NHL is... What? 
Yeah, sorry. Newsflash. <laughs> we'll, we're going to talk about that. We're gonna, I'm going to I'm going to break that down for you, Colin. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they're awful. Uh, but you can talk you can talk NHL because once the NHL the the playoffs get going, it's fa- it's fascinating stuff. And yeah, talking about even, future Avalanche players that may be playing at that you, point. There you go. Exactly. So good fits for some of the current stars, and I use that term loosely. Uh, on the current Avalanche roster. Well, let's get into that, right? Well, let's let's get that out of the way because we <laughs> peel off the scab. Let's peel off that scab because we've got we talk hockey we, off the bat. We, on, we are, guys. and I know. Listen, and if DMAC, this is a great disservice to D-Mac our advertisers. The service to our advertisers, I know, DMAC, but we're gonna we're gonna do it because it's a hot topic. But there's another hot topic we're gonna talk a little bit later, and uh, the uh, the initials are. TR and it's not Tracy Ringlesby. Okay, let me just Number put nine. it that way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so with the Avs, um, they were they were horrendous, and I don't think anybody thought they would be that bad this year. But maybe Patrick Wadi. Apparently, Patrick Wadi. <laughs> maybe maybe Patrick Wadi. But they're terrible. Like they're terrible. Like you watch them play. They won last night. But if you watch them play, like it is, it's you visibly see them just not playing and they're just they're just not moving they're, they they look like a team that does not practice together and have they just have they <laughs> is it is it that they've just lost they just kind of go you know what fuck this and even though they might say oh no I'm still trying hard and they're thinking they're trying hard you physically just are not going to play just because you know it's a lost cause you know, I know this is anecdotal. I don't have any stats to back up when this exactly happened over the last five years. But I feel like if you go back and you look at the Avalanche schedule over the course of the last five, six years, all these miserable seasons and none more miserable than this one, they all just kind of start with a bad week that the team can't recover from. It's a month, two months, sometimes three months into the season. This looks like a somewhat competent team. Maybe not quite 500, but not putrid. Mm. And then somewhere in November, December, January, wherever it ends up being, there's a week of really bad hockey. Three, four games in a row over the span of a week that they drop. Maybe one's in heartbreaking fashion. Maybe one's really ugly. But the team just doesn't seem to have the ability to recover from that one bad week. And by the team, I mean this core group of players. People act like this core group of players, well, maybe just one more year, maybe just one more year. Matt Duchesne's been in the NHL for eight years, folks. Yeah, we've we've pushed this down the road for a while. (laughs) It's not going to get any better with certain members of this group. I don't care what line mates you put around them. I don't care what jump you think they're going to make. This juncture of the road, it's not going to happen. But the bigger issue is just with this combination groups of players. It can happen in any sport to any group of players. These guys simply don't have what it takes when they have that bad week to make the recovery they need to to bounce back and be a competent team again. It just ends up spiraling for okay. whatever reason. So so is it is it a talent issue? Um, I've always wondered that because they're, these guys were, were high draft picks and then they don't seem to really do anything. They haven't had sustained success. Um, is it is it that they're just not talented? Should they have should they have worked harder to move some of these guys? Should they have moved any of it at all? Because they keep saying, "Hey, look, this is a good group. We're going to bring these other guys up. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be it's going to be the best thing ever." It's like it's a it's like a certain president the way he talks. Oh, that's going to be great. Um, it's going to be the best team Huge. ever. Well, what's been great about this group of players at any point? And what makes them think that it's it's going to get better? I, 
I think one of the misconceptions about the Avalanche right now, though, is that there's this bevy of talent that just needs to be supported. Uh, even, so the biggest misconception some fans have is that there's hope. <laughs> it, it's that these guys, that there's just so much, this roster is just overflowing with talent and that you just got to get the pieces in the right place or maybe move a piece here and there. And honestly, with the moves that the front office has made over the last couple of years, you think they'd probably believe that too. Guys like Francois Beauchemin and Jerome Ginla and Alex Tange, those guys weren't signed because you thought you were four or five years away from being a contender. They were signed because you thought you were one or two years away from being a contender. But when you look at the top six forwards from the Avalanche this season, especially early on in the year, I mean, a guy that made the team as a veteran free agent and Renee Bork is one of the best players in their top six yeah. for, for a good portion of time. Well, that's not desirable. Yeah, it's a nice story for him, but for the scope of your team, you don't want that guy to have nine goals in the first month of the season and everyone else is slumping. You had him, you had Miko Ranton in a rookie that no one quite was sure if he was going to be anything worthwhile yet. I think everyone had the idea that he was promising, but you weren't sure that he was going to make that jump yet, but he was also in the top six. So what are you actually talking about? You're talking about three or four legitimate top six forwards, and you're filling out with Rene Bork, a geriatric Jerome Aginla, and Miko Rantanen, a guy that is a total wild card. That's what you're filling out your top six okay. forwards with. Now, now, since, now we're really doing a disservice to our advertisers, but what should they have done? What should they have done? Should they have, should they try to move those guys at all costs, try to rebuild? They just sit on it and wait for the summer. Well, I, I don't think that you try to move Gabriel Landeskog or Matt Duchesne. You know, those were the big names that were out there. Eric Johnson's another guy. Maybe you're shopping around. I think they should have uh, moved right McKinnon. Now. McKinnon's fucking, I, I just don't see it. I see it with him more, and I see it with Duchesne at this point, to well, be honest with you. They're all, they're all pretty lost at you sea, know, I think. I'm surprised. I mean, why not trade them all? Why not you, trade everybody? Well, yeah, break up the band. Personally, I would, I'd be looking to trade everyone but McKinnon, Rantanen, and Zadaroff at this point. That's, I'd be looking at pretty much everyone. But, and maybe this is a good place to leave this topic, I've started wondering just recently – about the avalanche with, with Matt Duchesne and, and their struggles. If I, I keep going back to Ryan O'Reilly and all the trouble they had with him and keeping him around. And I'm not going to say, well, oh, maybe they should have kept him and let, you know, let Matt Duchesne go or done some things differently. But I will say this, perhaps the big mistake with Ryan O'Reilly wasn't thinking that, man, he just way overvalues himself. Maybe the big mistake was how they valued Matt Duchesne. Look at his overall production from year to year over the eight years of his career, and then look at the production of the players that he's talked about next to. Sure. It's not the same thing. Matt Duchesne is not a Patrick Kane. He's not a Jonathan Taves. Like, he, he's just not that guy. Well, that's the th They always expect him to make that jump. And, yeah, he has more top-end talent than Ryan O'Reilly does. But at the end of the day, eight years in, I can't definitively say that Matt Duchesne is overall the better player. And that was always the assumption that all the Avs moves were based on, was that Matt Duchesne, until Nathan McKinnon comes into his own, 
Duchesne's our best player, and we have to build around. Him. I think that I think that's they've overvalued a lot of these guys, and they've said these guys are these guys are so good, and these are going to be these sure. are going to be the guys who take us back to the promised land, and they're just not that good. If they traded if they traded Duchesne to Chicago, let's say mm-hmm. he'd, he'd be fantastic on on a Chicago team oh, as like a second third liner. Uh, not- Landeskog was same thing. They'd they'd be great if they were playing with other talented people. They're not the ones to build right. these franchises around. I know. I it, I'm sure. It sounds like I'm skewering Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne's a fine player. It's just I have not seen over his time with the Avalanche, I've not seen him make his teammates demonstrably better. And really, that's what you need him to do. If he's your number one center, if he's your new Joe Sackick, new Peter Forsberg, all the comparisons people made when he first came into the league, it then you know what? He's got to make guys better. And it just hasn't come around that way. Is it, Colin, is this a, is this a crunky problem? Is this, is this, because we can, we can look at the nuggets and we can talk about, talking about my nuggets later. Is it a cronky problem? Because obviously the Nuggets are doing pretty good. They kind of seem like they're on the right path, but it's like when one team does well, the other team goes into a tailspin. Here's the thing, though, about cronky teams is that they, they get on the right path, and there's hope, and they're young, and they're exciting, and there's hashtags and billboards, and they have themes to seasons, and what they don't do is win anything substantive. <laughs> and since Pierre Lacroix left, I think there's been a huge power vacuum with the avalanche and i wonder you know what is sakic's role in all of this well i not doing much is his role but my point about the cronky thing is is look at look at the rams it's uninteresting they're uninteresting and they don't they don't do exciting shit i don't know how arsenal's doing but as far as the cronky teams like the nuggets is the best team right now the english heat stand yeah yeah and i absolutely detest him and i think he's a uh, i don't i don't know here's the here's the difference though with nba is that josh played college basketball so Josh loves basketball. Hey, I played intramural basketball in college, and I, you know, does that make me qualified to to run the team? I don't think so. No, if you're but, a Walmart heir. Yes, maybe it does. I think Josh Kroenke gives more attention to the NBA team than Stan does the other teams combined. I'm hesitant to just put it all on Kroenke though, because I it's not as if most people around here didn't hail Sackick as general manager, as a great move. Everyone did, pretty everyone much did. universally. Yep. Uh, other than the notable exception of me, everyone loved the Patrick Waugh hiring, and who knows, maybe he shouldn't have been fired. Uh, I, I personally don't think he was part of the solution. Maybe he wasn't as big of a part of the problem as maybe I attributed to him, but I still don't think he was part of the solution. But those moves were heralded by fans pretty much everywhere. Nuggets, and I know you guys... Say in you know Josh is is a basketball fan, but I don't think what the Nuggets have done or are doing on the surface is a bad plan or has been a bad plan. But they, they also lost Masai Ujiri, a pretty damn good GM that we all know to the Raptors. What the hell are you going to do? Uh, now Brian Shaw, obviously a disaster. I think Michael Malone. I think he's a hell of a coach. I. Uh, Used to produce the show with Scott Hastings. I remember back then, you know, off the air, he'd tell me he thought he was a hell of a coach. It wasn't just his on-air persona. Well, well, he believes who's in the this GM? guy. Who's the GM? Connolly? 
Tim Conway. Tim Conway. Tim Conway. Not Tim Conway. For, as in <laughs> Dolph on Golf. Oh, I love that guy. No, but he. But they've got. They seem to have a more solid uh, power management in, yeah. in place. The mm -hmm. Nuggets do, where they've got a, a good GM who's made some very good moves over the years. Um, a coach that kind of seems to be getting getting in a groove now. The Avalanche don't have that. Right. They don't have that same thing. So that's where we've got a disparity. That's where we have a disparity. But it's not. What, what I'm saying is, it's not for lack of trying on Kroenke's part necessarily. When he, he put guys in place that um, people thought aren't were Pierre, going, aren't it, Pierre Lacroix. It wasn't j just him that said these guys are going to do a good job. Sure. Pretty much everyone around Denver thought, oh yeah, Patrick Waugh, Joe Sackick, that's a great move. So it, it's hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes, I think I think we were looking at that with like big heart heart sunglasses. I'm pretty sure. I think sure. a lot Orange of people blue were. Yeah. Heart so hey, let's uh, let's we got to take a break. We are just blew through that already. Um, we'll get into the second quarter. We can talk a little more about that. I like talking about the 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 structure and the team and the management. I like that type of thing. But we do have some Tony Romo to talk about here real oh, quick. Dreamy. Oh Tony yeah. So let's take a quick break. Be right back. Sportique Scooters at the at 160 South Broadway, just north of Alameda, is the place you'll find the big spring cleaning sale, March 24th and 25th, Friday and Saturday, at Sportique Scooters, up to 40% off certain models, big liquidation, big clearance, out with the old, in with the new, save huge money at Sportique, where scooters come from. When the Broncos coaches go for barbecue, does Vance Joseph get the dry rub? Does he find it hard being an NFL head coach? What's a larger concern for John Elway? Tony Romo's bones or Vance Joseph's boners? Did the Avalanche and Nuggets both stand pat at the trade deadline? Because fuck it. You have questions. We have answers. SouthStandsDenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. This is a song about a superhero named Tony. It's called Tony's Thing. I used to love listening to Kim Deal just talk on this song. Love her voice. Um, That's the Pixies, right? Yeah. 
That's why you got you bring it back in when she talks. Does she say something here? Yeah, she says it again. Yeah, she does. Yeah. This song about a superhero named Tony. It's called Tony's Theme. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It's Tony's Theme, everybody. This is going to be Tony's Theme because... Because uh, it's going to be Tony's Theme. I think it's going to be Tony's Theme. Yes. Um, Tony. Woo-hoo! You know... I, I mean, think, God willing, right? I hope I so. so God. This is the whole thing. I've seen Colin argue with people all day about this, and it's like, why is there an argument? Why don't I don't know? It's like everyone, oh, will get hurt. It's like anybody will get fucking hurt. He's had some. He's been hurt a lot, and it could it could happen any time. Manning had German fetuses installed in his neck. But, but if you if you watch Trevor Simeon all season, he sucks. And you watch Tony yeah. Romo came in for a series. Remember when he came in and for he a series? And he scored a touchdown. Like a three. Boom, 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 and it was it was just money. Oh, and I was the like, difference is fucking night. And so, so this is what I don't get, because basically everyone was like, okay, well, Simeons aren't going to be out of here because... Well, Paxton Lynch has got a lot of promise. Well, they say, everyone was saying, well, the Simeon's out of here because Lynch is Elway's guy, and it was looking like, well, they're going to go with Lynch, right? They're just going to go... He was going to be the starter anyway. They might have got a backup to kind of like, you know, just in case, but he's probably going to be... He was probably going to be the, the starter anyway, so... If Romo gets hurt, then you're basically where you were when they started the season without Romo. They're talking twelve million dollars. That's eight. That's an eight million dollar discount off Brock Osweiler. Yeah, it's, number one, it's crazy. It's not your money. What do you give a fuck yeah. what the Broncos pay him? It's not your money. You don't. You shouldn't care. No, two. but fans are like, no, no, you, in, you, you can I all that no, free agent no, no, money you for do. No, you do. Offensive lineman. You, 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 you just put him behind that line, he's just going to get killed anyway. Because of the salary really? cap. Really? Because, because of all the free agent offensive linemen that John Elway's brought in that have been so fucking stellar? That hasn't happened either. Bring in a quarterback that you know is decent for money. Draft some linemen for, I mean, that's the obvious solution, right? Draft. Make all I your picks linemen if I you have to. I don't know one wants to draft the unsexy pick. Draft some freaking linemen. <laughs> that is how you get better along the line. Signing Evan Mathis and Russell Okung and Donald Stevenson. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> he was the, so awful. The only tackle so in the bad. league worse than Ty Sambrilo. And they're on the same roster somehow. on the somehow. same team, yeah. yeah. But the point is, but, every, the assumption that you either sign Tony Romo or improve the offensive line is fucking retarded. It is. Oh, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But you the can bigger do all thing, when you listen to the fan in their 24-hour Broncos oh coverage at this God. point, what's amazing to me is this undertone of, how can you think of moving on from Trevor Semyon? And more specifically, how can you think of moving on from Trevor Semyon until you know what else you have lined up? In order for that to be a valid argument, the results of Trevor Semyon would have to be desirable. And they were not desirable. They were not. In he, any the, fucking way. He is, his upside is Alex Smith. The Tony is, Romo's upside is the Colts Vince Lombardi. The Colts moved on from Peyton Manning. So I think the Broncos can move on from Trevor Simeon. Here's, here's right, the where thing. Where were all these injury people, by the way, when Peyton Manning was on the way to Denver? All people concerned about Tony no, Romo's yeah, back? Yeah. Well, where well were they? to be fair, that was really Manning's only major one that, that knocked only, him out. I only I saw a fraction of... Of the people trying to poo-poo signing when Manning, Manning got here, he could not throw a way football. more money. He could not throw a football yet. 
he they was, didn't know how that shit was so, going to turn so, out. So, so when when the Broncos played this past season, they they looked horrible because the running game couldn't get going. You and it was, can't win without a quarterback in the NFL. No, and it was probably because they knew that Trevor Simeon was he was going to look in one spot and one spot only, so they didn't have to worry about they didn't have to worry about him lighting him up through the air. Even though he could throw the ball, he throws the ball pretty well. He never did. He just he would look in one spot and and then then huck it into like double coverage. So when Manning was here, the offensive line I don't know maybe was a little bit better, but he couldn't move yeah. for shit. And the reason why they had success is because he was good at throwing the ball and dissecting defenses. Tony Romo can throw the ball and is probably is good pretty at good at dissecting, dissecting defenses. Yes. I mean, what people seem to be forgetting is all of the amazing comebacks that that guy has engineered for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the, over the years, he has had some absolutely spectacular games. And he can chuck the fucking ball all the way down the field. I just want I everyone that's... Sitting here going, no, you can't. Why would you get Tony Romo? The injury, just too much of a risk. I would love to see the list of the 10 quarterbacks across the league or 15 quarterbacks across the league that they want more. There's not that many good quarterbacks out there. I said this there. today. There's so few. If people it weren't for Peyton Manning. There's not 20 NFL quarterbacks in the NFL for 32 No teams. shit. He's a top 10. You have an 10. opportunity to get he, one for 12 million He's a, a top 10 quarterback. And if it weren't for Peyton Manning, Tony Romo would be the biggest free agency acquisition the Denver Broncos have ever talked about. They have nothing to lose with this. If Romo gets hurt, you're in the same exact place. You're in the it's same true. exact place because you same were gonna you're gonna start you're gonna Paxton Lynch the anyway. with whatever shitty quarterback you start it, this year. It, but, here, but here's the thing, and this is this is to your Trevor Simeon comment. It's like I don't know what people are looking at when they watch this last season and they went and they went, Oh my god, Broncos, why it's like the people who were like, How could you get rid of Tim Tebow? It's like, did you really watch what, what happened this year? Because if you really watched it, you wouldn't be saying that. And how they got rid of Tim Tebow was bringing in Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's true. Right. But I just I don't I don't get the Trevor Simeon thing. I think there was moments where he looked decent. Other times he just looked well, horrendous. I, I would rather keep him around. I would rather keep him around than the fucking idiot pirate, though. I would too. I, the, no, no. I think Paxton no. Lynch is bust. The, the, no, the idiot uh, pirate has had has had no time I, to play. He's I, th- I think two point Nah, I don't agree. I think yeah. I think he's probably he's gonna. We don't know what he's gonna be. But, I think he's a big old tub of dumb. But I think is I, it blasphemy to say that I don't necessarily think. Brock would have been that bad if he ended up staying no, here. No, 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 no. That's probably I, listen, true. I, I mean, Lynch can turn out to be just about anything, but where does there? I mean, you guys already said it. Where's Trevor Simeon's upside? Maybe Alex, Alex Smith, Smith, if you're lucky, if you're super lucky. He throws the ball better than Alex Smith, actually. But he, he I don't but, know. But again, he can't. Alex he can't Smith see has it. an uncanny ability to avoid turnovers in a way that I haven't seen. Trevor, Trevor Simeon can 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 look at a wide feet, a whole football field, and there'll be an open guy streaking down the sideline, and he'll only go to the right and throw it throw it to where there's fucking two guys hanging on guys back. That's what he did all season long. And if that's what you think is is going to be, you know, better than than, than, than injury-prone Tony Romo, then, then by all means. So I'm hearing a lot of Tony Romo. I'm hearing a lot of McCaffrey. 
So if they, uh, I love the idea of McCaffrey. Just the, uh, wait, wait, just wait, the wait, 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 wait. Yeah, the maybe the idea of it. Didn't we all just get done saying draft linemen like a proper team supposed to fucking <laughs> yes. do? Yes. And then, but yeah. you know, you hear the name McCaffrey. What, what and is, everyone wants to jump listen, right at I, that. I don't, I don't follow college. What is he? A running back? Is he a receiver? <laughs> I don't he's, know what he is. He's not only a running back. He's athlete. A, he's an athlete. <laughs> he's, he's, a, a, he's a kick returner. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Receiver. Right. Okay, that's great. And he's a running back, and that's but fantastic. But to to get him, what he's going to go late first round. Round, late they, first round, yeah, around, yeah. right around the time the Broncos. Okay, pick. that's great. That's not what the Broncos need. They've already got. Yeah. They've already got their running backs uh, sewed up. They got. They drafted it's a guy a, just last year. Well, did you hear the talk today? They got. Um, no, I don't listen to radio the, anymore. Who's the former Patriot wide receiver? Oh, hey, Dan, me too. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. Apparently, they're in talks with Danny Woodhead. There you Woodhead. go. See, so get Danny Woodhead, and then wait, you... wait, wait. Broncos are in talk with yeah, Woodhead. With Woodhead. Wow, yep. that would yeah. be awesome. Just abandon the line for the rest yeah, of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go uh, do, but do that the line. Allow, get I mean, the defense. Free agent quarterbacks here's, and receivers. Here's, wait, listen, here's, 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 what, here's what we said about the la- Peyton Manning's last year, and this is what we said about the um, about the Broncos this past season. The defense is still very good. If the offense could have just pulled their head out of their ass for fucking uh, one quarter during a game, they would have won way more games than they did but they couldn't so you got a defense that's still good you want to keep that going you have to improve that offensive line you have to just have somebody that can fucking toss a touchdown or two and a good quarterback masks a bad offensive there, there line. you go that's what you want and that's why i think it's like it comes back to the whole thing oh he gets hurt it's like yeah everybody gets fucking hurt now how granted, many good quarterbacks mask a bad offensive line though I mean, not the, many. The, yeah, there's only like a, a couple. Yeah, yeah. There's well, only a couple. You Romo gotta get Manning better. Did, of, of course. You gotta get better on oh, your sure. offense. Oh, and they, they sure. were bad this year. They were bad. But here's a here's a, a another misnomer is oh well Dallas uh, had you those count on that Dallas had great offensive lines and he still got hurt. No, they did not have great offensive lines. Dallas had terrible offensive lines, and Tony Romo was a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. He made them look better than they were. Is he hurt right now? No. Well, then. Tony Romo? Yeah, exactly. No, he's it, not. I'm he, being rhetorical. <laughs> like, yeah. If he's not hurt right now, I don't give a shit what happened last yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's so. It's, I really don't care. You know, Look at who's on your roster right now. It's it's like uh, and it's like Le'Veon Bell got hurt how many years in a row and and then and then he played in his first playoff game this year right and <laughs> and it was like because he'd been hurt or he'd been suspended or whatever and it was nobody ever went like oh Le'Veon Bell you know injury prone you can't you don't want to go with him it's like no you want to go with him it's granted he's he, Tony Rome was a little older yes he could get hurt but everyone can get hurt it's just a stupid argument and like you guys said 12 million dollars hell yes bring him in they're, have him have him have him do it if he has if he stays healthy and has a great season well guess what they're right back in the mix people line up for 30 year old injury prone washed up running backs all the freaking time yeah i can't believe <laughs> i can't believe the prospect of romo Coming to to join the Denver Broncos doesn't have people more excited than it does. I, th- you know, it's the we've all talked about it. I'm sure it's the effect of the spoiled quarterback syndrome here in Denver. At the end of the Peyton Manning era, a lot of people, including both you and me, Colin, were just like, you know what, I'm done with this guy. And I'm willing to admit that at least a little bit of that is that you don't realize. You know how great it is to be a Denver Broncos fan with two of the greatest quarter, two of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time at the position. We've both gotten to witness over, you know, not even our lifetime, but just 
over the span of the, the last two decades. You know, and the story's cool, too, because Tony Romo was almost a Bronco way back when, when he was mm-hmm. an undrafted uh, uh, free agent long, long time ago. Uh, he and Shanahan went to the same college, and Shanahan tried to get Tony Romo, and he picked uh, the Cowboys instead. And now he's going to get his second chance and his last chance at, at Super Bowl glory. Does he eat at Elway's, or does he eat at Shanahan's? Oh, yeah. And if and if you if you're not going to be signed, you eat it like... Uh, Fleming's or something like that. You don't even get to go to Del one of those. <laughs> yeah, you don't even get to go to one of those other restaurants. So this is good stuff. We can pick this up again uh, on the on the uh, second half. We got to get uh, stay on target here and uh, get into the second half right now. Oh, I fucked oh, it up. I damn. It up. Oh. There we go. All right. There we go. There we go. In this world that Instead of the dentured ocelot on a leash, I'd rather be your kite And be tied to the end of your string And flying in the air, babe, at night Cause you know what they say about honey bears When you shave off all their baby hair You have a hairy-minded pink bear bear The Rosedale Tavern on the edge of Platte Park at the intersection of Evans and Downing offers, you know what, this this script isn't doing the trick. You guys got to check this place out. Smoked and fried wings, oysters, man, you go in there on a Wednesday during happy hour, you got buck oysters, lots of delicious craft beers on tap. They just put one of my favorites on yesterday at the Rosedale. They've got that Odell's. Um, that that new red ale, absolutely damn delicious. You got your Colorado native, all your favorites, and whiskey, curated whiskey selections, and uh, burgers. I love the place, and you're going to love it too. Check out the Rosedale Tavern, and be sure to let them know that the South Stand sent you. Bye. Sports are great, yeah. Um, so, Sports. so real quick, Colin and I are in a we're in the last week of the fantasy uh, uh, fantasy season, and uh, if I if I win, if I beat Colin this week, I will have my third President's Trophy in a row, which means I've been I win first place. Um, for the regular right, for the regular right. season. What so, fantasy season are we in at this point? I've been meaning to tell you guys, you all have a problem. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, no, I'm in the fantasy hockey season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and so now the playoffs start next week. So now if you beat me this week, am I on the outs? No, no, you're you're in. You're like in fifth place. You're you're doing good. 
and over half the league goes to the playoffs, just like in the real NHL. It's eight. It's eight <laughs> spots. Twelve. Um. Twelve. Yeah. So four people don't. Um. So I'll, I'll third year in a row, President's Trophy. Um. I I'm going. I won it uh, not last year, but the year before. So I'm going for the win again. So if I win it, it'd be uh, you know two championships in three years. Uh, three president's trophies. I mean, come on, that's pretty. That's pretty damn good, right? I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. When it comes to fantasy, thank you. Thank when you. it comes to <laughs> fantasy production in any style of a league, I've, I'd have to qualify that as a bit of a dynasty. It's a John. bit. Of, it's a bit of a dynasty, and, and I appreciate you recognizing that, Colin. And uh, so, and we have we have a fantasy baseball draft coming up. And, I'm so excited. Uh, now, here's my question uh, for you, Honey Bear: Is do you have the trophy, or did you give it to Ryan Edwards? No, I do actually have. No, Ryan Edwards gave it to me. Did he win again last year? No, no. Uh, uh, Adam Kinney won. I thought I thought you won it first, then gave it to Ryan. No, Ryan won first. That's where the second nerd came from uh, in the title uh, because he became the Ryan Edwards became That's the right. second okay. nerd by winning so, the first season. So he gave you the trophy. He gave me the trophy. I was uh, in the middle of my one-year bender okay. uh, when this last season. Yeah, you, know, you did not do well. No, did I not did not. It. So you need to get that trophy because... I need to get to Adam Kinney. But for, for like two two weeks or however long he's going to get to enjoy it? No, listen, he gets it to the end of the season, right? No, no, that's over. He doesn't get it to the end of this season? No, because he won When someone the- else wins? Uh, I guess he can. I guess yeah, you can. hang yeah, on to it until there's a new champion. I mean, it's the longest. Right. Just like the Broncos. Right. The cool. Broncos were world champions right up until right. so the, got the uh, right up until overtime. Season. Now listen, so at, we don't know where Adam is right now. He's we haven't seen him in weeks. But if you can get it to him or or drop it off here. And then we'll, then we'll get it to him. Okay? That dude's getting married. Like he's busy right now. That's right? all right. He's still. Wouldn't you like a trophy? Yeah, he, it, he needs a trophy. Like, hey, here's your yeah, trophy yeah, yeah. to go with your trophy wine. No, exactly. What's fantastic about it is that my wife asks me about once a week when that trophy's going away. It's been <laughs> like the crowning achievement of my marriage is annoying her with that trophy. I, I like being a marriage. <laughs> I, I like that for International Women's Day we celebrated it by giving our wives the night off from us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So happy You're International welcome, Women's Day, honey. Yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, I'll be. I'm gonna halt the genital mutilation for just one night. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so so yeah. So fantasy baseball and Scott is now in the league. So now you have yeah, to. Yeah. Kick, so now Paul that trophy for me. Who did, <laughs> who did we kick <laughs> out? By the way, uh, Chrissy Becks. She, oh boy! Oh, Hit the bricks, bitch. She, she she doesn't even try. She doesn't. She didn't no, try. She no. was. She was last year. I kind of. I said, come on, you got. I don't want to play. I said, didn't come she on. beg you to manage your team for her? At least one. Yeah. At least oh, once. Oh my goodness! That's like every season with she's every fantasy she's terrible. team she's ever had. She claims. She claims that she's really good at fantasy football. Ball. And like she'll kind of hover around third or fourth place most of the season, and then she just washes out every year. So, well, the funny thing is, is she stops saying her lineup after week two, and by week seven, she's in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no waiver, but, never hits right, the waiver right. wire. Yeah, and then by week ten, she's yeah, it's starting to correct itself. Um, I but I but I bring up baseball because I'm excited for fantasy baseball. But I, actually, I'm I'm excited for real baseball. I don't know if you guys know, Dude, and, and, there is a team in Denver. Yes. It's called the Colorado Rockies. And and I, what? I, I, I wish to fucking hell that I had gone to Talking Stick this year. I'm super bummed out that I didn't. I feel like I've that seen every video. Year. I've seen video it's from there. The best and part it's, of season. Oh fuck yes! 
I'm, I mean, uh, it's usually August or September when I'm like, God, why didn't I go a talking stick? I would have felt so much better about this season. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm still debating it. I might. I'm still trying to figure you out if I'm go. going. If you can go, go. It's so much. Here's fun. here's the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna lift up the curtain a little bit or or pull back my kilt if you if you want to take a look. Um, here's the issue: is um, I've got a very old dog. And I've had, this is the one of two that one's already been put down a couple years ago. So I've got the second one and I'm debating it and I have to decide whether to put this dog down because she can't be by herself and we can't take her with us. So uh, I got this decision coming up in a couple weeks and I have to, it's kind of like I have to decide, should I put my dog down and, and go see the Rockies in the spring training or should I stay home and, and pick up her, her dog it, shit? Don't you think? It might be worth it, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. I got to figure You're that out. me out, John. I know, well, hey, I'm, Jesus. Just, I'm just telling you. I told you I'm lifting up the kilt and letting you see what's underneath. Have you, have you ever tried the at-home euthanasia thing um no have not it's believe me dude it's the way to go well i and, and yeah my, my brother my brother's done that um yeah it is because the other one it, i did not I, just, I just dropped her off and i fucking sat in my truck and cried for a half hour yeah this is it way way more awesome the family and the kids and everybody can give the dog a nice hug and everybody lean up against it while the slow little while the drugs slowly here's, take here's, effect. here's here's the issue they let, let me do that at the vet too don't they yeah, yeah they, they, do. they yeah, did yeah, with yeah. my dog yeah but I, I it's in that. a steel, you know, steel room. That's all right. Yeah. Good lord! Can we talk about the Broncos? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I, want, I want you. I want your opinion on this. So the dog is is all you know, kind of fucked up. Can't can't see. Can't hear. Can kind of get around. Does but it not, piss itself? Start. Yeah. They don't like pissing themselves. St- she's yeah. dogs hate that. Shit. She's starting no. to kind of like just yeah, kind of just piss on the floor, and I'll find shit on the floor, and uh, and uh, the other little dog jumps on her and attacks her, and she just she's she's there. She's you know she'll come up and and wag her tail and be with it, but um, does she sleep weird, like with her head up against shit and stuff like that? Yeah, kind of flopped over and sleeps all the time, and she's just old, and I I'm imagining she's miserable. It could be time. I it mean, could it's, be time. It's, it's a dog's life. It's time for me to go know? to spring training. I'll uh, tell you that much. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Although we have real games here. Oh, no, that's Denver. true. I could just and, wait. And, yeah. and you are a season ticket holder. That's true. Um, well, well, anyway, well, well. so so that's that's my thing. I got I got to make that decision here pretty soon. That's a rough one, John. It's a rough well, one. I know. It's a, rough I, it's, one, it's, it's a tough I, I, I tend to think letting them hang on longer than they should is probably the mistake we make more often. I've heard that more often than not. I've heard that a lot of people say that. So... Um. Yeah, we'll make that we'll make that decision here real soon. But I'm excited for the Rockies, and I think everybody's you know every, everyone that I you know follow a lot of the writers are you know pretty quietly optimistic. Um, I think even this asshole. Oh, that's what I want to ask this asshole. Listen, I always you think? start the season optimistic. I always say there's 162 games for me to get all pissed off at this team. But uh, it's important to start the season optimistic. But I'm even more optimistic this year than most. Now the one you no hold on you've been pretty optimistic over the years because I remember mm-hmm. you said at one point a couple years ago you were like well this team's built for 2017 or whatever you said whatever <laughs> year it was and I was like well, wait a minute it's 2017 it is 2017 or whatever now, year it? it was but so so now are you just happy for baseball to be back or are you actually thinking this might, they might do something. I, I don't think that this is a World Series contender by any means, but sure. I I mean. When you're talking about the Colorado Rockies, if this team hovers around 500 all year and has a chance to go, you know, five games over 
at the end, we would all be psyched as hell about that season. Now, we might get frustrated here and there with all the bullshit that goes on with 162 games, but we'd all be pretty psyched. And I think that they can get there. uh, I mean, I'm sure we all follow a lot of the same people. One trend that I've, I've noticed people latching onto with this pitching staff it's funny because it's something that I'd, I've wanted the Rockies to do for years, and under O'Dowd and Guyvet was just the opposite. They've stopped giving a shit about the altitude. They've stopped making it the focal point sure. of everything they talk about. And for years, you had uh, I, what you're seeing now. Let me back up. What you're seeing now is you're seeing people the same talking points as usual about. You know, opponent, you know, people being afraid of Coors Field and for reasons X, Y, and Z. What you're not seeing is the Rockies feed into it. You're not seeing their general manager go out to the podium every day and say, ah, what we just got to accept is that there's no real way to pitch here. You got to go out there and take your lumps and just hope for the best. You're not hearing them talk about, you know, what these prospects have to understand is just how hard it is here and how different it is here. Stop treating it like it's fucking different. Treat it like, you know what? This is our home field. We ought to be able to pitch here at least somewhat better than everyone else. We ought to have a handle at this freaking point on what actually works here and what doesn't, which they seem to be starting to get a handle on, not only the dominant fastball, but mixing speeds. What's made John Gray turn the corner? He keeps adding pitches. You look at the Fangraphs articles and all the stat-based articles. What's made John Gray get better? He keeps adding pitches. If you can change speeds at altitude to go along with a plus fastball, you know what? You're going to get more people out than not, and that's the whole goal. You just got to get more out than yeah, the why, other guys. Why don't, they, why don't they go, hey, pitchers, fucking here's how you're going to pitch when you're here, and then when these guys come in, they have, they have to, to adjust. They have to figure it out, and we already know how to do it. I think they've started to. I think that when you look at what the, at the Rockies last year and what they were expecting out of their starting pitchers, no one was upset about a quality start at Coors Field. If you're given a you – know, a lot of people say that, oh, a quality start isn't actually a quality start because that's a 4.5 ERA. You know what? At Coors Field, if you're giving up three runs over six innings, it's all right. you better win that game yeah, most of the right. fucking time. And on the other hand, you had guys like Tyler Chatwood that has sub-3 ERA on the road. These guys can go out and they can pitch like bonafide pitchers, like real-life pitchers, not like Jeremy Guthrie, on the road – and they can come home and maintain. They can limit the damage and then go on the road, and they don't drag that with them and drag the struggles of Coors Field with them. Yeah, they always said you have to have mentally tough guys here, and that's true, but you still don't want to browbeat these guys about how hard their job's going to be for the duration oh, yeah, of their stay here. Yeah, it's already that was just a- stupid, and... Breidich has gotten away from that, and I think that's where you're seeing the difference in the pitching staff. Because let's face it, they have they they're always going to field the decent lineup. Speaking of that, hmm. isn't the uh, the subtraction of JV Walt isn't that an addition? <laughs> isn't there an addition by subtraction? I mean, getting rid of him isn't that going to guarantee at least some improvement? I know there's a lot of people that think that you know managers can't cost you that many games in Major League Baseball. I'm sorry. That dude 
cost that dude was the difference between five a 500 season last year at what point do you just come let's face it a law managing baseball is about having a feel for the game there are some things are you go by the book you're not necessarily going to get right you go unconventional you're not necessarily going to get right there's a lot of it that's done by feel and after a certain amount of no matter what he does it fails at what point do you just say, you know what? Maybe this guy just doesn't have a feel for the game. Maybe this just isn't his forte. Not saying he wasn't a you know pretty damn good shortstop and your ideal eighth hitter in a lineup. Not saying he doesn't know a shit ton about baseball. I'm sure he know he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. He just doesn't seem to have a feel for managing in game. And guess what? That's like eighty percent of the job description for being a manager. Absolutely, being able and, to adjust. And- but Black is. It, I don't know what in people's opinion is of him overall. I know it's positive and that he's well-respected. He's not uh, a high school coach. Yeah, but he's he's just a well-respected manager across the board. I don't know the specifics of uh, how he does things, but I know that he's been around for a long time, and he's respected by his players, and, man, has he built pitching staffs in the past. That's going to be a huge plus for them. Now, if I was going to be a Debbie Downer and point to one thing that I comes. think this year it comes. is going to, uh, that I just thought has been weird the whole offseason because I kept waiting for it and it never happened. They didn't do anything at catcher. Mm, yeah, but they got two catchers, right? Who? Tony uh, Walters. And, that was uh, around last and year. What's his name? Um, Garneau? No, no, Murphy. Is his Murphy? name Murphy? Yeah, Tom Murphy and yeah, Garneau. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, they got those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you know, those guys have barely been around. Nah, I think that'll be fine. I don't I, I think I just, that's a I think that's not a not a major problem. One of the big things one of the big reasons why Nick Hunley was such a big signing at the time it happened was man, a veteran catcher that can manage a young pitching staff. You still have a relatively young pitching staff. Sure. You still and especially at Coors Field. Let's not pretend that you don't want every advantage you can behind the plate and calling pitches and and understanding the game. Hunley, there are a lot of things I didn't like about Hunley, and last year he was a liability offensively, but he called the damn good game. Well, you don't know that Walters or Murphy can't do that too. No, I don't know that they can't, but I know that the Rockies have a history of of handing the reins over to a catcher that wasn't quite ready to take them, and it hasn't quite worked out. Yeah, well, well that's maybe where ma- that's maybe where managing will come in. Maybe that's where hopefully the, that's where managing will come in, and they can they can uh, circumvent. But there that, are a uh, lot of catchers over the course of Rockies history that were brought up too early, skipped Double A or right. what have you, and didn't quite work out. Well. New, a new era. We got to look forward to the to the new Rockies era. So, uh, oh, oh yeah, it's a new, another, another Tony song. Here we go. Information Cafe on South Broadway is uniquely Denver, and it's one of the most unique places you can go to spend a little time and find a gift for somebody you care about. I'm talking comic books, record albums, used books, 
great coffee shop, pins, patches, t-shirts, uniquely Denver, man. I'm talking, this is the place you want to go if you want to put that Denver stamp of approval on your gifts. Mutiny Information Cafe, please tell them the South Stand sent you. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's some of that black metal, right? That Norwegian black metal? Scares me. That that honey bear likes? <laughs> That's my thing. Honey bears into into operatic um, Swedish metal. It's, it's, it's Finnish. It's, Finnish. It's, it's Finnish, sorry. Called, yeah. called Wand. I'm seeing them next week in Tucson. Wand? Thing. Yeah, Wand, yeah. They got the rock. I dig it, I dig it. Are you going to Tucson to what, see a yeah. band? Yeah, Rockies might be playing down uh, there. I'm going for business. Uh, no, they're, they're playing Scottsdale. No, no, but they go down to Tucson and play, I think. And uh, there's no teams to play in Tucson, right? We, no, they no, used to play in but Tucson. But they travel there. They travel yeah, yeah, there yeah. sometimes. Some of the games. No, yeah. uh, really? Yeah. And, their, and training camp was in Tucson before they moved it to Salt River Fields at Talking Stick when they partnered with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I want to go there specifically so I can like leave my kids in the ballpark and go and gamble while they're running around the ballpark. Go to the uh, Native wild. American place. <laughs> yes, and I can be like, roll them bones, and they can they can come find me. And they're like, Daddy, we we got to go. We're hungry. I'm like, I I gotta win back our I gotta win back your college funds. <laughs> this is what I gotta do. This is John's version of fear and loathing in his 40s. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A lot less. I can leave my kids somewhere and go somewhere for 20 minutes. And a lot Ooh. less LSD. That's that's the deal. So, um, Isn't that a bummer, too? Because I'd love to just, I'd love to just have like, to just take a bunch of acid and trip again. But I, that, it would ravage my oh, my body. I would, oh, no, no, I would I, have to have a, a month. I'd have to schedule a month around. Yeah, it. I'd have to go to a spa for a week and just and just and just relax. But here's here's the problem with today and and doing LSD. Now I haven't done LSD in a long time. I'm glad I brought this up. I haven't way. either. But here's but here's God, the, God do I miss no, no, it? I, oh, I do too. But well. here's the difference, Colin. When you were doing LSD, you and I were doing LSD. There was no fucking cell phones. Well, maybe there was when you were doing, but but generally no. you weren't. You <laughs> no. could nobody could contact you. So my no, night, we my would go nightmare, out to the woods and my, be in the, oh, my yeah. nightmare is I'm fucking I'm holding we're, my phone. Work calls. I'm tripping on fucking LSD and fucking like work calls, work calls yeah. or my one of my kids, kids calls, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my god, and you can't answer it. But yet you you have your phone, so you, it's like I know that someone's trying to get a hold of me. That's why you can't do LSD now because of the contact. They have, everyone has contact with you. They have constant access, so you have to like you would honestly you'd have to just leave your phone somewhere and forget all about it and just be like, don't even try me for like twelve hours. One of the most glorious days I ever had, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. My I was I was together with my who would become my wife at the time. We owned a house together and I had my the day off and I was gonna spend the day cleaning the house and I dropped acid 
and did ecstasy same day and uh and cranked tunes all day that's awesome cut the grass cleaned the kitchen cleaned the entire house top to bottom just fucking sailing i would like to do that that sounds great it was beautiful see that's also thing is the kids when you have the kids too oh this is pre-kids yeah i know you you can't have the kids anymore because that's the thing so it's just what's mommy what's wrong what's wrong with daddy that ruined everything (laughs) mommy what's the white rabbit (laughs) yeah so i you know the thing is we go up every year we go up to my uh my buddy perry's land outside fort collins and once you get into the canyon in up outside fort collins you lose cell service. So at that point, you're cool. And you can just be like, all right, it's time to party. And you don't, have, you don't have to worry about it. So that's good. And then you can do whatever you want. But then if you're like, let's say I want to let's say I want to take some acid and go to the Rockies game this summer and then just wander around downtown. I can't do it, man, because somebody can always get a hold of me and want to talk to me. And I'm like, I'm tripping. And I just and I'm so far removed from that. I couldn't do it. I mean, like, so I'd be fucking baked as hell, and I'd be like, ah, I could probably answer the phone now. But but on acid, <laughs> no, no, you don't want to answer the phone. No, no, I don't. No. Just don't answer the phone. That's that's really where it is. So you got a uh, tweep of the week, Colin. Tweep of the week. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's sometimes we, we get around to tweep of the week, sometimes we don't. I print them out, and I have like, I have piles of them now. I, 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 I have a new one for this week, but. I think I'm going to go with the one from last week. Okay. It's Mr. Handman. Wait, you just did him already. Did I do him last time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I think, okay, yeah, this yeah. week's Sweep of the Week. Uh, fresh off the presses, uh, Def Frat Guy. Oh, your your yeah, favorite yeah. in my... I, I saw on his timeline, I came across you. He, 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 he retweeted yeah, you. Yeah, he retweet me now and then, yeah. Def Frat Guy from the Adam Carolla Show, at Def Frat Guy. Sting is one of those yoga guys who fucks like a champ but never nuts. I think when Sting finally nuts, he'll throw a load at his wife so rusty she'll need a tennis shot. They say that George Bush Sr. is 92 years young, but that's not young, it's all the shit. I was the first to break it. Putin has the tape of President elect Trump in a red hot Moscow orgy. In defense of President elect Trump, I think this is sterile. I don't think anyone would understand this. No. I hate to rip on a 10 year old kid, but this Baron Trump is going to have a cock in his mouth faster than you can say Jackie Robinson. <laughs> In the, end, in the end, the election came down to three simple words. Bros before hoes. It's true. I mean, that really was kind of at the crux of it. The lamestream media spends all its time on the election and almost no time on a truly inspirational story. Watch the Jack's kangaroo. So you can follow Def Frat Guy. If you couldn't understand the tweets, you can find them on Twitter at Def Frat Guy. You have a to, really fun he's, follow. You know, he's, really fun. He's very funny. And uh, you have to like hear him do that voice and then hear that when you read the you know read the tweets. It, it helps. 
Um, so uh, speaking of someone on Twitter who mentioned you, John, yeah. I saw the other day Bakun mentioned you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's 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 pretty big. I, I chat with him Ooh. once in a while. Bakun, yeah, Bakun, Bakun, yeah. Who's Bakun? <laughs> so, I don't even know, dude. It's some. He's. I don't know. You just you just know who he is, right? Uh, yeah, everyone knows Bakun. <laughs> um, I you know he's apparently. he's he's a very interesting guy and um, national. It wasn't international? He wasn't even necessarily having a, a conversation with. Him. I just saw a tweet of his and then at John Reedy three hundred three was at the bottom. Of I said I said something to him about. I I said something back to him and he was commenting back to me. Okay. And, so see, um, I missed the first part of that. Like one time, we went to this. I went to this party. Went to a kids' party, right? And uh, someone was making these balloon animal, like balloon people or whatever, you know, balloon animals and stuff. And my kid was like, "I want to, I want a guy." And he described it to her, the girl, and she made it, and it basically looked like looked like a naked guy on all fours, and he was like, like in pain. And I remember <laughs> I took a picture of that and sent it to him, and he really liked that. And he like he retweeted that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So, so um, is, is he? Is he out of Colorado? Is no, he no, he's like in San he's Francisco. LA guy, right? Yeah, he's San Francisco. I think. Okay. Yeah, he's like an artist and just a fucking weird dude, and and uh, says some really funny shit, some really strange shit, and um, yeah, he's a, he's an interesting cat. Um, yeah, you know, hey Scott, you know, I make my way around Twitter. I, people, you know, people know me. I can't, I can't get anybody to retweet me that in, is in fucking town here. God forbid. God forbid if I say something funny in town here, somebody just gives me a little uh, like. Sometimes I'll like one of your tweets and then, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. I better you retweet You better fucking retweet it. Yeah. Jeez. No, I feel bad because I've liked a lot of tweets I haven't retweeted from you. That's Hey, that's all right. You've got a <laughs> reputation to uphold. I understand how that goes. So. Speaking of getting around, uh, oh, yeah. Drew Soisher is now... Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, does that stick some... last, or does he actually act up and realize what a shit he was? Here? Well, you know, in his last gig in San Francisco, he was chased away because his stick did not go over well with local sports. No, fans. that's right. Gonna, no, that's going to go over great down there. So what was funny was this was probably about two weeks ago. Somebody um, saw him. They, they, they were there and they saw him on TV and they posted it and it and it went around. Like I had people DM it to me and go like, hey, look, look, look. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember this. Yeah. Right? And, and it went around. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Soicher. Um Somebody pointed out to me that like, you know, Phoenix is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I mean, they got their fans, and their teams, but they're not quite what we are here so his shtick will probably work well because you got a lot of old people down there a lot of retirees they like that crap so he'll he'll milk out maybe another six years out of that for sure and by that point the dude's got to be able to retire right yeah. he, he's made a ton of money so yeah, yeah i just don't i'm just thinking can you really it, bank it, on that though that's a bigger market yeah. than here, right like, like let's say you're the program director at whatever place hired him are you seriously going to go out on that limb and just, hiring him? Yeah, and just say, like, you know what? I bet that goes over here. I, I bet they do. I, I actually sure can't think of a better location for Yeah, him. I think that's, that's a great actually, location. Actually perfect for I think, it. I think it may be. I think they look but, at it uh, and they go, they go, this is gonna be great. I think this is gonna people are gonna really eat this shit up. They love it. They don't really care about the sports team. I just, so I just wonder if you're not exposed to that, if there's even any level of tolerance for it. Like a legitimate sports fan that hasn't like had to fucking listen to this guy for half their lives like I have, 
would listen to him the first time and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay, just, that, go now, crazy. if it's you and you're, let's say, but let's say you're. You think there's no sports fans in Phoenix? No one's watching the no, Diamondbacks I, I, I games? I, I guarantee you there's someone that is your age and is your level of, of sports fandom, your level of sports knowledge, who has him come on the screen, has him come on the screen and go, oh my God, what the fuck is this guy? But then that's one guy compared to one out of a hundred. The other hundred love it and they think it's, they love the stick. That love this yes, guy? yeah, they love him. They fucking love him. He'll I just do don't great. get it. He probably signed a big fat contract. I'm sure. And they did. said, "Oh, we're so glad to have you." And he's just he's just socking away money so he can buy more b heads. I call them b heads. I don't know. I, I shorten it up. Bobbleheads, b heads. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so he can buy more b heads for his collection. B apostrophe. Can, yeah, b, b apostrophe <laughs> heads. And uh, he can retire. So you know, God bless him. He's out of our lives, and that's the main thing, right? That's that's, that's the positive the that part. you should take away from this. Is he's out of our lives. I'm sorry, I wasn't focusing on the right. Fo- things. Focus on the right thing. Believe it or not, the Wizards are beating the Nuggets at uh, Pepsi Center right now. So wow, I'm shocked. The Bullets. I'm shocked. Think about the Bullets. The Wizards. The Washington Bullets. Um, let me let me do this. Oh, one real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Simmons. I forgot. I almost forgot. Bill Simmons. Totally fucking stole some shit from us. What? He told he totally stole a shtick from us, bro. How? I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know who told who turned him on to it. But now he I, just this week I heard on his show he's saying such and such advertiser has been has been sponsoring the podcast since nineteen sixty three or whatever. So he's mm. like the since nineteen whatever thing, mm. like yeah, I'm really suspicious. Okay, all somebody, right. I bet cousin Sal listened and turned him on to it. So. Didn't didn't Bill Simmons follow you for like thirty minutes? It, at least, and then Scott like Scott minutes. like said something inappropriate, he's and then, like, oh wow, congratulations, and then yeah, and then it was all it was all over. Hey, 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 easy, yeah, easy. well that's good. I, I did have a follow from Simmons for a minute, but no, he's doing this this the internet thing like since sixty three whatever thing. Wow. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really, that's, that's really crazy. That he, sounds really familiar. When I heard it, I, it almost went in one out, in, in one ear and out the other because it sounded so familiar. And then I was like, wait a minute, this isn't our podcast. This is the Bill Simmons show. Well, what's uh, going on? What's going on? Imitation's the greatest form of flattery. Correct? Is that what it, is that what they say? So you can go ahead and flatter us all you want, Bill Simmons. Um, so I, what I like to ask people is, you know, before we get out of here, um, now we've got a couple things, Zach. And since you haven't been in here in a while, I want you to answer a couple things. Oh, boy. Um, Always fun. Um, w- did, just very quickly, um, how long are the abs going to suck for? Have you did, ever had did, a rim job? <laughs> have you ever had a rim job? <laughs> that was more the question I was expecting. <laughs> are, are, are the Nuggets going to make the playoffs? Um, will the Broncos make it back to the Super Bowl? And have you ever sucked a cock? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, Colin's got another set of questions for you later. And um, will, the, will the Rockies make the playoffs? Oh, geez. Uh, Rockies will not make the playoffs, but I do think it's going to be a very good season okay. for them. I, I am optimistic. Can it be them. a good season and not make the playoffs? Yeah, if you have a winning season here. God, I want to True, play. true. If but. they have a winning season this year, I mean, I think everyone sees that as significant, quantifiable progress. Yeah, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, Avalanche, how bad are they going to be? I, I, it depends how aggressive they are this offseason. Uh, Joe Sackick said two Is things. Is stay? He said two things at the deadline. He said, one, I like my players, but then two, we would have done more if we could have. Well, how much more are you going to do in the offseason? If they do 
I, I mean, if it's patchwork moves here and there, they're going to be bad for a very long time, and Joe Sackick's fired within two years. Um, if they – I don't want to say clean house because how possible is that in any one offseason in any one sport? But it, if you see progress towards wholesale changes, I mean, who knows? I mean, you get the right combination of players in here in a year or two. Uh, chemistry is a fickle thing and, and a very interesting thing, especially in hockey. I mean, if you recall, one of the Avs' most productive lines over the span of all this time they've been so bad involved Tyler Arneson and Ian LaPerriere. Oh, geez. <laughs> wow. That's, that's been a while. Yeah, but, um, it, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but you, you throw the points you throw together a smorgasbord line, it works for whatever reason. If you get the right combinations of stars or up-and-coming stars for your current stars, you know, maybe it's a quick turnaround. Do the Nuggets make the playoffs this year? I think the Nuggets make the playoffs this year. Maybe it's one and done, but I still think it's encouraging. But you know what? I've been intrigued by this team basically since George Carl left because I just think one year it's going to be the year where they make the playoffs and they actually have a chance to do something other than losing the first round and have George say, well, what'd you expect? I knew, I never thought we'd make it here to begin with. The Broncos. <laughs> the, let's, let's is say, Romo a lock? Let's say, let's say the, let's say, I think Romo's probably a lock. I but don't know how he's not. If I, he, may, if he, if he's here, they make the playoffs. They cut him to, they cut him today. They're cutting him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're cutting him tomorrow. Yeah, they're cutting him tomorrow. Uh, if Ro- and Jonah Carey saw him here. Did you see that? Yeah, but I'll, everybody everybody that covers the team yeah. said that wasn't well, true. He, here's the thing about that. I, w- I watched that whole thing unfold last night. Jonah Carey's not stupid. He's not a hack. He's not some dipshit. He is a nationally, internationally, because he's fucking Canadian, renowned baseball report. He didn't just pull something out of his ass and put it oh, on Oh, no, Twitter. someone told him that. There is something to that. What it is, I don't know. Maybe it's 100% It's possible true, he's here waiting to be is, caught no, no, the was, Cowboys. There is something to that. Jonah he, was Carey at a Mavericks, he was at a Mavericks game. I understand. They, I understand. They were like, someone was like, no, he was at a Mavericks game, so... That doesn't mean he I mean, didn't go from the Mavericks game to the airport. There are ki- all kinds of different timelines... All I know is that Jonah Carey didn't just make something up I agree, out of yeah. thin air. He, he, somebody he told him that, yeah. no reason to. No, he I has agree. all the credibility in the world without ever saying a goddamn word about the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, tomorrow is the big day, and he's cut by the Cowboys and has a press conference at Dove Valley he the He also day. never redacted it, by the way, True. Jonah. He never said no, anything No, he never pulled that. it down. He never pulled it down. The he next never day, apologized. He moved, he moved on to other things and just kept about his life. I He knew something, or he heard something, or he saw something. And believed it. Well, and, and the and the people in town here were a little uh, were a little. Well, some of the it, people that were very, that that were peeved about it. Cough, you, cough, Cecil, cough, cough. But you, you have to look at Or what, no, Cecil backed him up. No, Cecil it was said, uh, Mike Kliss and some other people. Yeah, were like, Cecil, yeah. Uh, this morning on the radio, Cecil backed him up. He there, said, Jonah Carey did not make that up. Yeah, did not make. Oh, that I real. know he didn't. I yeah. know someone someone gave him information. You have to look at who was upset about that tweet and think about why they might be upset. Some... Because in the grand scheme of things, if Jonah Carey lied or if he got it right, it doesn't actually affect their lives whatsoever. So why would they be upset? 
Just think about that. I'm not saying what anyone's in particular motives are. Just there's no wow. reason to be upset. Intrigue, intrigue. That's all. That's 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 the word of the night. I think they should <laughs> feed it to Josina I'm, Anderson. This I'm excited. You want to feed it to Josina yeah, Anderson? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hell but. Yeah, I do, uh, uh, so let's let's get out of here. Um, it's been it's been awesome. And uh, thanks for coming back, Honey Bear. We appreciate you. Thanks uh, so much for having yeah, me. Jesus Christ. Next time, would you have something to say? Yeah, right. You know, I think, um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, um, who was in here? And I was like, what's the, oh, Nate Timmons. I was like, what's the occasion? Why Why after all these years, Nate? Now the same thing with Zach. Why all this time? after all, You got something to plug, I guess. This his, is his new show. Four. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. It's been about. a while, but I guess his, <laughs> I guess his new podcast over on the 50, 5280 Sports Everybody's Network. Everybody's got a fucking podcast. Everyone's I don't even got have a goddamn a, podcast. I don't have a name for or anything. That's like. all right. You got to plug it I still, found though. Out so, about this so today. when it, when are you going to record your first show? I don't know. He doesn't know. He just found out <laughs> it today. Never mind. So uh, look for that. Look for that over in the 5280 Sports Network, and uh, he will be doing a, a uh, NHL. You can abs. call it Avalanche Warning. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, that's a great idea. Making me drink the that's, Colorado Avalanche story. <laughs> that's actually a better <laughs> idea right there. So thanks again. Uh, Zach Fogg Sports, still your Twitter handle, correct? That is Zach? my Twitter handle. Zach, it's, it still works. You didn't change it to Zach Fogg, workaday schmo? <laughs> working working asshole. Yeah, working asshole. Uh, check him out. Uh, look for his show. It's going to be good. He knows a lot, so um, and he likes to talk, so you can listen to him gab on about uh, the NHL. Oh, and he reads the nerdiest <laughs> websites, oh, especially know, during totally. baseball. A lot about baseball, too. So, uh, thanks again. We appreciate you coming in. We'll see you soon, Zach. And uh, until next time, this has been the South Stands Denver Fancast. Adios. Honey. Honey.